Okay, I'm going to come out and, and just say it. I am getting to the point that as I watch much of the news you find on television, I'm beginning to distrust a lot of what I'm seeing, even from some so-called conservative news sites. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. We are halfway through this week. Still have a couple of other days to go, Thursday and the weekend edition. Have a few surprises coming your way, hopefully for for Thursday and Friday. Trying to put it together, even as I'm putting together with Jim Calhoun, uh, today's radio program. I'm getting to the point, and I don't know why, and maybe some of you are feeling the same thing. I know some of you are from some of the emails that I get. I become, what's the way to put it? I get a little suspicious when a lot of news sources are suddenly in such agreement on certain issues. Now, I know that when it comes to certain news stories, I learned this way back in in college, getting out the facts of a news story, the who, what, where, when, and why. I get it. I understand that. And there's some stories that are out there that are, generally speaking, uh, pretty much that cut and dry. A two-car accident occurred at Main Street and Maple uh, involving, you know know what I mean, just a a simple story. You don't have to get political about it or anything. Of course, today they do an SUV crushed, uh, you know, a a little Honda Accord. I mean, they do make it political, but you understand what I'm saying. There's a certain lockstep that has come into the media today that has me deeply concerned. It's almost like you're not allowed to ask questions. And I've been trying to get an understanding of the background, the history, the players, the reasons, all of what is going into what I call the Ukraine narrative. Now, I'm not saying that what Vladimir Putin did, from what we can see, is righteous or correct. As a matter of fact, it, it, it repulses me intensely. The idea of war is troublesome. It should be troublesome to most of us. But somehow, when everybody's in sudden agreement, and, and we're making a former comedian, you know, Zelensky, I mean, he's a, he's a comedian, who was turned into a political superstar by media. Who is this guy? And what is really going on in Ukraine? And somehow we're glossing over the fact that Ukraine was the money laundering capital for crooked politicians across the globe. And a lot of other nefarious things. And and so we're going to get into that later this week. I just want to ask the question, how did all this come about? Is that, am I being unpatriotic just to ask a question? Well, today, Jim Calhoun is filling in. And he's going to talk today about, well, are we really gods unto ourselves? And how do we be prepared for some more difficult times ahead? Here's Jim Calhoun. Thanks, Bob. Once again, it's great to be back on Truth to Ponder, and I want to say a big thank you to those who have sent me an email and encouraged me. I really do appreciate that, because it's hard to know when you're by yourself in a studio and you're just kind of talking about what God puts on your heart. Sometimes it's really hard to judge whether what I'm saying is actually getting out there and resonating with people. 
And apparently it is, and so I really do appreciate all of the emails. And so if you don't have my email address, simply email Bob at bob at truth, the number two, ponder.com, and he'll forward all the emails to me. Well, it seems that every time I get behind this microphone, I talk about how crazy this world is. And it's no different this week than it was any of the previous shows. And I've been listening very intently to Bob Bierman's shows through the week. And he's been right over the target. His shows have been spot on, which they normally always are anyway. But lately, he's really been on fire. And I listened to a show just the other day about these people that are trying to make themselves gods with technology. This is very serious, folks. We're into things that I consider very biblical. The Bible talks about all of these unclean spirits, and the Bible talks about those who try to put gods before the Almighty God, people who try to make gods out of themselves. The Bible is full of accounts of people trying to do just that with the Tower of Babel and all of these empire builders, the Nebuchadnezzars of the world, the Caesars. It's been an unending battle that the common person has had to fight against the tyranny of those who consider themselves elite. Now, what makes somebody elite? Well, I think these people are just absolutely out of their mind. I don't think they're elite at all. It's just as it's all of these delusions of grandeur that they have in their head. And so they get in front of different organizations and tell everyone how clever they are and what kind of plans they have to change the world according to them. And I want to take this time to have a little side note here. Take a look at the lifestyles of these people who are getting in front of these groups and saying that they want to change the world. Look at their lifestyle. Look at how they live. Look at who they associate themselves with and who they align themselves with. Look really close because, folks, it's really ugly. So these people that have very ugly lives will get up in front of these world economic forums and groups like that and tell everyone that they have a better way, and their better way is going to make mankind into God. And what's really disturbing about this to me is that there are people in the audience that actually believe this, and they applaud it. But if you would go up to any of these people and say, but what about, what about Jesus Christ? They would scoff at you. They would mock you and ridicule you, because they're God. Don't you realize that these people are gods? They're the elites. Actually, they're a bunch of very disturbed people. I think that insanity runs amuck among the elite. All you have to do is take a look into the eyes of Hillary Clinton. Look into the eyes of Jeff Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or Dr. Fauci or any of these people that want to change the world and make us all into gods. 
Look into their eyes. Listen to their words. They're absolutely disgusting. And one of the things that makes them elite is that they have a lot of money. And through the years, I've known people that really respected people that had a lot of money. They'd look down on anyone that didn't have money, but they would actually almost worship people that did have money. And here's my take on that. How did they get their money? If somebody was out digging ditches and was really frugal with their money and they saved it and they invested wisely and they went out and dug ditches all day by hand and they become a millionaire, I respect that because this person knows the value of a dollar. But if you have bid rigging, if you have insider trading, if you have downright theft, drug running, gun running, all of these people that have these organizations that do nothing but race bait and have people send in money, most of these people get to be multimillionaires. But I don't respect that at all because they got their money with fraud and deceit and downright theft in a lot of cases. And so I look at someone like Bill Gates that has way too much money, more money than he could ever spend. And people, they think, oh, this guy is so rich. He's so great. No, he's a thief. And also he's a murderer. Look at what he's doing with his vaccines. He has stated himself publicly that he wants to use vaccines to reduce the population. Not my words, his words. So these people are all satanic. They're insane. And they need to be stopped. Now, I think eventually they're going to stop themselves because anybody that's watched the Saturday morning cartoons knows exactly how these evil scientists and these maniacal people and these people that are just evil you see how they end up, ultimately, in the end. And God is in control. And God is always going to be in control. He always has been. He always will be. I remember several years ago, Shirley MacLaine was running down a beach yelling, I am God! I am God! Do you imagine what God thought of that when he looked at this small little insane person running down a beach? declaring that they were God? That's just pitiful. But yet, we call these people elite, and we listen to them. We give them a platform. Why do we do that? If I went on national TV, and I tried to convince everyone that the moon really was made out of cheese, and I was really adamant about that, well, you'd think I was nuts. And I would be if I really did believe that. Well, these people are just as nuts. They go on and talk about the way they want to control people, the way they want to ruin the economy, the way they want to enslave mankind, the way they want to be elites and live forever because they're going to all become gods. That's absolutely lunacy. But yet, because they have money, we listen to them. And this Klaus Schwab, what an evil person he is. And George Soros. And a little side note about George Soros. 
it seems that both Russia and China have put out either warrants for his arrest or they've declared that he is a menace and a terrorist. And he is. He's absolutely an evil, satanic man. But people listen to him. Well, why? Because he has money. If you had that ugly, evil man, if he didn't have any money, and you saw him down at the local coffee shop having coffee, and he was spouting what he spouts, people would walk away in disgust. They wouldn't listen to one word he had to say because he's so evil. But because he has money, people are willing to bow down. And the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Think about that. The love of money is the root of all evil. These people love money. First and foremost, then they love power. And they get their power through money. And then we have people that love money, that love these people, because they think they have power by loving these people. They think they're going to be included. And I guess I march to a different drummer. I don't care if you are the wealthiest man in the world. I don't care if you're a person that's so down on your luck that you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. I accept people as human beings as they are. And I do not respect the rich man any more than the poor man. Because frankly, I don't love money. If I loved money, I'd have some. But money doesn't mean that much to me. All money is to me is a means to keep going. I don't collect money. And the people that I've been around that worship people that collect money, I think they're pitiful. I'd rather watch the sun come up or a beautiful sunset. I'd rather watch the migration of the monarch butterfly. I'd rather feel the warm wind blow through my hair on a nice spring day. I would rather have a nice cool drink of pure well water than have money. Because money is artificial. And mankind seems to be putting everything towards artificial. And right now, more than ever before, mankind needs to put their emphasis on things that are real. Things that have teeth, so to speak. Now, what is real? God is real. Jesus is real. How do I know that? Well, not only have they revealed themselves to me, it's just obvious. Every time the sun comes up and every time you lay eyes, or if you listen to the birds sing, you know that there is an intelligent designer, and you know that that designer designed this planet just for us to live on. And people like to talk about all these other worlds out there that possibly exist. Why not concentrate on this world that does exist? People are so busy trying to find extraterrestrials that they're not even civil to the people here on this planet. Well, I'm here to tell you that God made this planet as a special place. He didn't make it as some backwater planet that is third-rate. No. 
God created the heaven and the earth, and he created man and everything on it to live on this earth. And so people say, well, he might have created thousands of other planets. Well, maybe he did. But that still doesn't change the fact that he made this planet special for us to live in. And God made you as a special person. God did not make you to worship money. God did not make you to worship George Soros or Bill Gates or any of these evil satanic rich people. It's time to throw off the shackles of this love for money and this love for power and understand that God is in control and the ultimate real power is through God, not through these people. And I refuse to allow myself to be pulled into their delusions because, make no mistake about it, these people are deluded. Not only are they insane, they're totally deluded. And again, if you are down at your local coffee shop and some old shriveled up old evil satanic man was having delusions of grandeur, what would you think of him? What if it was some guy in your neighborhood you'd seen your whole life and he was always thinking he was the smartest man in the room or the best man ever to live and he spouted that off and he talked about all of the things that he would do if he was in charge? Well, I can tell you this. People like that are shunned and avoided. So it's time to shun and avoid these so-called elites who for some reason have gotten some traction. Now, I know that the elites, so-called, do own the media. Now, they don't own the New Truth media. I wouldn't accept a dime from those guys if I was starving to death. I have absolutely no use for these people. And so all the New Truth media, we're all independent. We're not owned. We're not bought. But any network that will play George Soros or Bill Gates or Fauci, and by the way, Dr. Fauci, the only reason he got to be famous is because he's been trying to make these viruses more lethal for years. That's been his job. He's not a doctor with a stethoscope in a syringe and a thermometer. No, he's a doctor of finding out how to make viruses deadly. That's how he's made his whole living. He's an evil man. But anyway, why in the world are we giving these people a platform? Well, the mainstream media is all bought off. So again, if you see these people on the mainstream media, you know that if it's Fox News or CNN or Newsmax or whoever it is, you know that those people are bought and paid for. And it's time to deal with things that are real. I think that as a society, we need to understand that our whole existence hangs in the balance. Right now, they're trying to push this different metaverse or whatever they call it. And they're trying to push this alternate reality. And you have all of these gadgets you can have and have a virtual experience of so. I'm not interested in that at all. Virtual experience means no experience. 
I don't care how realistic it is. If it's, let's say, skydiving and you put on this viewer over your eyes and all of a sudden you're skydiving, you might get some of the sensations of it. But have you really been skydiving? No, it's a lie. The whole world is a lie because Satan is the god of this world and Satan is the father of the lie. I really think it's time for all of us to ground ourselves with the truth of Almighty God and ground ourselves in reality and leave this make-believe elite world where these people pat each other on the back and tell each other how great they are and they pay money to each other and they make each other rich at our expense. These people are nothing but insane criminals. Well, I think I've made my point there, but I really do think that we have to go back to basics. Open your Bible. Look at the world as God created it. Accept yourself as you are, how God has made you. And quit putting on pedestals people and things that don't deserve to be on a pedestal. If we would all just do this, we would absolutely take all of the power away from these elite people because they only have power because we give it to them. Now, several years back, there was a Pixar film called Ants, and these grasshoppers had all the power until the lowly ants finally figured out that the only reason that these grasshoppers had power is because the ants gave them that power. And so when the ants decided not to give them that power anymore, the ants were victorious. And there's a good lesson there. We are treating these elites like they're the overlords, like they've actually earned a title. Now, who elected George Soros to what? Or Bill Gates? Has Dr. Fauci won any elections at all? These people are just nothing but leeches, and they've learned how to game the system, and they help each other do it. And like I say, they get together in little groups, and they plot, and they plan. Well, it's time to tell them that magic word, no. I know I, for one, I wouldn't follow any of these people at any time for any reason. And it really does pain my heart to see people treat these evil people as something special. I do believe they probably have a special place with Satan, and I would not want to be them on my dying day. Definitely not. And these people are trying to recreate the power of Babel, and they're trying to do things that are very unnatural. And so I think we need to resist all of these people with every fiber of our being. And if we can do that, then I think we can come out victorious because there's victory in Jesus. And that, my friends, is the truth. When you place yourself in the reality of God's love, then you're in the real world. You're in the world that God created. Just a little side story here. Most of you know that I raise cows. 
And I had an old cow that had a calf. Well, she wasn't that old, but something happened to her. I went out one morning, and she wouldn't get up. And her calf was about two months old. And and I knew right then that the calf was never going to nurse again. Because this cow, no matter how hard she tried, couldn't get up. And I had the vet out and spent some money on her, tried to get her back on her feet. And everything I did failed. And I ended up losing this cow. But I had this calf to take care of. And before the calf's mother died, I was graining her every day. And the calf stayed by the side of this cow. But as it watched its mother eat grain, it learned how to eat grain. And so I was thankful for this old cow to help train her calf to go on to grain. That way, it wasn't quite such a shock on this calf's system. But where I'm trying to head this story is that I have another old cow. I'm going to keep her the rest of her life, but she's never going to be productive. Now, again, most people would take an old cow like that to the sale barn and get what they can get and just dump them. Well, money doesn't mean that much to me, and this cow is a good-natured old cow, and she's done me good. So she's earned her retirement here. I don't mind spending some money to feed her. Well, she's so old that she didn't have any teeth left, but she's still doing pretty good. But I'm not going to breed her. She'll never have a calf again. But how God works is God seems to put people and things together, including animals. And I ran this orphan calf in with these old cows that I have. Well, one morning I went out, and I noticed the old cow had really changed her mannerisms. And I noticed the calf didn't stray very far away from this old cow. Well, I kind of suspected that maybe there was kind of a bonding taking place. Well, the next morning I went out, and the old cow was licking that calf and mothering it. And that calf had the most contented look on its face. And that was the happiest I'd seen that calf since its mother had died. Now, I know that people think that cows don't have emotions, but they're wrong. They do. And watching this old cow take pity on this orphan calf, and she went ahead and took it under her wing, so to speak, and she grooms it and takes care of it, and the calf licks her under her neck, and they hang together all the time, and the calf has a mother again. He doesn't have a mother he can nurse on, but he has a mother again. And that's how God takes care of us. God sees a need, and then he fulfills that need. But sometimes we get in the way. Sometimes we have just to let him see that need. And we need to pray about it. And I'm going to take a short break, and I'll be back right after this. And once again, I want to thank Jim Calhoun for being so, so gracious to help me out during this time to get this program done for Wednesday. Jim Calhoun's efforts have been a huge help to me in trying to keep this show produced with a, I didn't want to get into doing repeats. A lot of a lot of show hosts, well, they just go back and, and do a repeat. But I was really determined to make sure we had some fresh content every day on this program. It's not easy. And during this time, during especially the first part of the week, when I'm doing some travel with the project in Florida, it is often difficult for me to 
to find the time to fully produce a radio program. And I'll just be honest, God sent Jim in my direction, and I am so thankful that he's been such a faithful servant. And he's like me. We don't get paid to do this, but we do have to pay for the airtime. And if you do believe in the work we're doing to keep shortwave, keep this broadcast on shortwave, would you consider your financial support as we go into this this new month? Can you believe it's April? This year is flying by. If you can help us out, would you consider writing a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. And the city is Crestview. That is one word, Crestview. And the state is Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That zip code again is 32536. By the way, if you're listening on shortwave, I'm still trying to get a real handle on what are the popular frequencies and times. We're now heard on the West Coast, 9 p.m. Pacific time on 9455 kilohertz. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Eretz Secret coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you can get and love in a moment. Well, here's the word for today, Eretz. It's Hebrew. Try it. Eretz. It's the Hebrew word for the world. But Eretz doesn't just mean the world. It means also the land, specifically the promised land, the land of Israel. And it's the word for the earth. It's, it's this Hebrew word which explains the Sermon on the Mount. Because Messiah said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, he was quoting a psalm which is translated as the meek shall inherit the land, meaning the promised land, yet it's translated in the New Testament often as the world. That's because Eretz means both the promised land and the whole world. This is real cool. You see, when you're a believer, it's the same thing. Wherever you are in the world, you're meant to be dwelling in the promised land. Anywhere in the world, in the Eretz, you can dwell in the Eretz, the promised land. Anywhere in the world, no matter where you are, Every place can become the promised land. You can do it everywhere, wherever you live. Live as if you're in the promised land, a land of promises. No matter where you are, there's a way to dwell in his perfect will and to dwell in his blessings and to dwell in his promises and to dwell in his goodness. You see, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with and that makes any place in the world the promised land. It's a good thing to make a pilgrimage to the promised land of Israel, but it's even better to dwell in the promised land no matter where you are. Learn the secret to dwell there all the time. For God's children, no matter where in the world they are, and no matter where in the world you are, you're given the blessing of dwelling in the promised land, the land of promises. Want more? Ask for dwell. Now, the free gift for you, the mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it, and sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus, special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy, and the secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. So how do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, 
Israel and all the unreached peoples on five continents. It's amazing. Imagine you could blanket the earth with salvation. Well, you can. Through shortwave radio, it's the farthest way you'll ever reach out and touch the lost. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. It's right to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Dwell in the land, my friend. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend. In Messiah, Adon Olam, the Lord of the earth. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to part two of this edition of Truth to Ponder. And Bob Beerman will be back again tomorrow with another great show. And I heard Bob mention that the shortwave project was going a little bit slower than he'd anticipated. Well, maybe it's not getting on the air as fast as some people would want, but Bob Beerman's going to do it right. But I look at it even deeper. This transmitter is going to go online when it's supposed to go online. Because I think God is behind all the growth to truth to ponder. And and as long as God is in control, you really don't have to follow a timeline. Because when it does happen, and it's going to happen very soon, but when it does happen, it's going to be a really good thing. And we need more voices out here like Bob Bierman's voice. A voice of reason and a voice that is very well-tempered. Right now, we have lots of people out there all over the airwaves, but very few, if any, are as solid as Bob Bierman. And so I really do appreciate everyone tuning in every day to Truth to Ponder. And if you enjoy this program, please tell your friends. Because word of mouth is the best advertising for a show like this. Well, the first half of the show, I was ranting and raving, which I do occasionally. But the second half of the show, I'm going to get more practical. I've been thinking an awful lot about how people put gas in their cars. Some people only put gas in when the needle hits the empty mark. Then they desperately look for a gas station. While other people... If it hits the halfway mark, they go up and fill up. It doesn't cost any more money to put gas in your tank. And I'm afraid way too many people are using their supplies until they hit the empty mark, before they do anything about it. So I've devised a plan that works really well for me, and so I'd like to share it with you. Sometimes it's kind of hard to figure out just what to store up. You wonder how many cans of this and how many bags of that that you need to have as far as food. And I think that's always a question that people have. Well, what I've been doing is that when I use something, well, that means that I will use it and enjoy it. And so when I use a can of something, the next time I go to the store, 
I buy a can to replace it plus one extra. And so that way I'm building my supplies of things that I actually do like. And so I'm actually putting fuel in the tank, so to speak, way above the halfway mark, more like the three-quarter mark. And let's say that the shelves are empty for a few weeks. Well, maybe for a week or two, you won't be able to replace these as easily. But eventually, a shipment will come in of whatever you're looking for, and you'll be able to catch up. But even if you haven't stored up any food, if you use this method, you're still storing up food. And it's not going to cost that much to do. I know that people, if they go out and spend 500 or or 1000 or even more on survival food, that's quite a big chunk of money all at once. But if you buy two cans of corn instead of one, and then when you use another can of corn, you go buy two again, well, now you have one to eat and two on your shelf. And the next time you do that process, you have one to eat and three on your shelf. You see how that's going to work? It's going to be kind of compounding your food supply. That way, instead of running towards empty, you're running towards full or running towards excess. And if you do get an excess of food, more than you can use, you can always be a blessing to someone else. Because there's always a family out there with small children that need to be blessed. And so the only way that you can be a blessing is if you are frugal with how you do your survival planning, and that also goes with how you spend your money. Now, I know I've really tightened my belt because I've done the math on the gas prices. And every summer, it takes every bit of spare change I have to harvest my crop because I don't have a banker that finances me. I'm totally a one-man show, not only as far as doing radio programs, but with my farming operation. It's just me. And the money that I have goes towards everything. The farming operation, my pets, my household, I have to stretch everything to the maximum. So I did the math on the gas prices, and I'm going to run out of money somewhere in the middle of harvest. And so what I've decided to do is I'm going to change my buying habits and change my living habits, and I'm just not going to eat out anymore. And if I go to a gas station, I won't buy myself a treat. I'll leave the candy bar alone, and I'll leave the iced tea alone. I know that I'm passing on the misery because if everyone does that, a lot of businesses are going to struggle harder than they already are. But I have to look out for my business and look out for my own personal life. And so we're all going to have to understand that there are sacrifices that we have to make. One thing that I like to do is buy an iced tea every time I head into town. And in the summer, I usually have to go through town to get to my fields. And the place I buy iced tea is $1.25. Well, you take that every day. And that adds up to somewhere around $40. I didn't do the math as far as per month. But that money is better served by putting it in the gas tank of my tractor. And so we all have to do our own little soul searching to see what we can do without. And one thing that 
I found out since I quit eating out. When I do get a chance to get some fast food or food that was cooked in a restaurant that's most of it's all food service, I can honestly say it doesn't taste as good as what I can make. And it doesn't satisfy me as much as what I make for myself. And I've always been a fairly decent cook. I've had my disasters, that's for sure. But if you don't know how to cook, it's time to learn. And I've decided that I'm going to start making all of my own baked goods. You're probably wondering, where are you going to find time to bake? Well, I'm trying to figure that out myself. I like Mexican food, and I like to have breakfast burritos quite often. They're easy to make, and I can kind of grab them and go, because that's kind of my lifestyle. Well, I decided I could save a lot of money by making my own tortillas. And so far, I'm doing all right. I can't make them as good as the ones I buy yet, but I'm just going to keep being persistent until I get good at it. And that's the same with baking bread or whatever I'm going to bake. And so it's a headspace we all have to get into, is that we all have to sacrifice. And if we sacrifice what we really don't need and learn a skill at the same time, we're really not sacrificing. Because if I learn how to bake as well as I want to learn how to bake, well, that's just another skill I'm going to acquire. And once I acquire that skill, I know I'm going to enjoy it. And I've used that system of learning my whole life. I enjoy welding and mechanic work. And I enjoy doing some projects with wood and lumber. But I'm not very good with wood. I haven't mastered that yet. But with metals, I'm, I'm passable. I'm pretty good at that. And I can fabricate almost anything. And so I've really made myself self-sufficient. In my show that I have called the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show, that's one of its main goals, is to help my listeners become self-sufficient. And I think that we need to become more ingenuitive. On my last Living Off-Grid show, I talked about the way that we used to have what was called Yankee Ingenuity here in the United States that doesn't seem to exist anymore. And I want to kind of visit that with this Truth to Ponder episode. God has given us all sorts of skills, and he's given us a brain to use, and he's given us all sorts of skill sets. And we need to develop those skill sets because we have the ingenuity in us. Most of us are born with all sorts of imaginative qualities and all sorts of inventiveness, things they can do, but the world wears us down. We have people that bully us and ridicule us because they don't like our ideas. We have people that will say, who do you think you are? You think you can make this thing? Those kind of things tend to quench the inventive spirit. And it's time for us as a people to get inventive again. When you go back to the turn of, not the last century, but the previous one, when we went from the 1890s into 1900, and all of a sudden there was this contraption called an automobile. I can't remember the exact number, but there were hundreds of people that started 
manufacturing, automobiles. There wasn't just three or four like there is today. There were hundreds. As a matter of fact, in Chicago alone, if my memory serves correct, there were over 50 auto manufacturers in Chicago between 1900 and 1910. A lot of these were just backyard mechanics. They just had an old stable they turned into a mechanic shop, and they built one or two cars. And cars weren't that sophisticated. But yet, when this whole technology opened up, a lot of people grabbed onto it, and they used their own initiative. And I went to a museum here several years back in a little town called Cozad, Nebraska. And in 1910, a farmer built his own airplane. And it looks different than any airplane I've ever seen because it's a bi-wing airplane, but the tips of the wings come together. And so the wings, instead of having two flat planes, they actually join up and they become more or less an oval. And it's really odd. I've never seen anything like it. But there's pictures in the museum of that plane flying. And it was just a farmer that saw an airplane and thought he could make one. And that's the kind of spirit we have to have. We see a need. We have to fill it. And that also goes with things spiritually. If you see a need, you see someone that needs Jesus, share Jesus with them. I wouldn't be ashamed of that. That's one thing that the world has done to us has tried to shame us into not sharing the good news that we know exists, into not sharing the love of Almighty God. Now, it's all right if we talk about these elites and how they want to make themselves God. I guess that's perfectly fine. But if we say, I serve Almighty God, the God of the Bible, oh, you can't say that. Wow, you're crazy. I guess when people mock people that are Bible believers, you have to understand that it's very biblical that people are going to be ostracized for their faith. And I guess we're supposed to count it a blessing if people come against us because of our faith. And I'm still working on that one personally. But I do know there are people that are receptive. And you have to be obedient to God to know when people are receptive. And if you can just have a nice conversation with someone, don't preach at them. Just, just ask them how things are going. And you'll find that people are going to be more open to what you have to say than you probably realize. But again, we have to take the initiative. And we have to use creativity and how we can go out and help other people. So this whole spirit of inventiveness and this whole spirit of being self-reliant is something that I really think people need to really take a lot of time and think about that. Because I'm not immune to problems of the world. I have my share of problems. But I don't have an electricity bill. Now, sometimes I don't have electricity, but not enough to slow me down any. And I don't have a heating bill because I heat with wood, but I pay with my labor because I have to go out and gather the wood and prepare it and actually put it into the stove and light it and maintain it. 
And so I kind of trade one problem for another. You know, not having the bill makes me happier than the work I have to do to keep the fire going. And I live in a pretty isolated area to where we don't have a lot of crime and the problems of the world seem to be a million miles away from here until I do my research. And I realize that places like this are very much in danger because there's nothing that an area like this can do to stop a great reset or these elite people trying to make themselves God or, you know, there's no way we're going to vote our way to prosperity or vote our way out of this mess anyway. This midterm election thing is all, as far as I'm concerned, they stole the 2020 election. They're going to steal this one. Yeah, I might be pessimistic about it, but ballot box is not going to be where this is going to happen. The change has to happen inside your heart and inside my heart. And we have to be able to share our hearts with other people. And only by being real and being blunt are we going to change anything. The time to tiptoe around and say, excuse me, those days are over. And like I said, places like I have, there's not enough of us that live here to vote anything in or out. And so whatever happens in the big cities and the big populated states is just going to run us right over here. And so the best thing that I can do is try to be an influence to get people to at least use your head. And this show is called Truth to Ponder, and I really do hope I live up to the namesake of this show. Because I like to deal in truth, and I like to deal in what is. And the main thing we have to do dealing with what is, is Almighty God is in control. Almighty God made you as a special person. Almighty God loves you, and he cares for you. And that kind of reality is what we need to base ourselves with. Because as you listen to Bob's shows, as he's been talking about these elites and how they're trying to make themselves God and other topics that are similar, you realize that this is a spiritual battle. This whole Great Reset, this whole New World Order, these satanic people, it's all spiritual. And I recognize this very early in the game. The minute the quote-unquote pandemic hit, which is just nothing but a control mechanism to enslave us, in my opinion, when that happened, I realized right then that this was spiritual. I'd never seen the world walk in lockstep before. What they did in China, they did in Madagascar, they did in Israel, they did here, they did in Tibet, they did in Germany. Every country did the same thing. That let me know that there was a power above these governments that actually was controlling things. And people talk about the professional athletes and how greedy some of them are. Do you realize that not one professional athlete came out and said, I want to play. 
Why are we canceling our season? Not one coach, not one professional franchise came out and said a word about having to stop their seasons and also that stopped their income. That let me know that all of these people that work for television, whether it be sports or mainstream media news, they all have the same boss. If you think about it, they get their paycheck from the same big pharma and the same big box stores and the people that are the oligarchs and the people who are funding this great reset. They own all the professional athletes too. And if you wonder why Hollywood, the people get so strange and and they end up becoming satanic or end up becoming just really strange people, because those kind of people gravitate towards the money people. And again, they're controlled. And when Arnold Schwarzenegger went out and said, to heck with your freedom, he meant it. And these people don't care anything about us. They care about the almighty dollar, just like I said in the first part of the show. And so, as a people, we need to understand that we have to become inventive, and we have to use our initiative. We have to turn our focus away from this world and turn our focus towards Almighty God and focus our lives in a way that we live a life as God intended us to live. God never intended us to worship man. He never intended us to worship money. So I really do believe we need to turn to God and we need to cling to God. We need to trust in God and build our faith. And we need to tell these other people no, these satanic people. We need to let our imagination flow and use the initiative to get inventive and start solving problems instead of going along with the flow. Because just going along with where the culture is going, it's going straight to hell. That's where it's going. I know that the children right now are being absolutely brutalized by all of this transgender and all these things are pushing on the on the children. We have a generation coming up, folks, that's not going to be able to do anything. They don't know if they're male or female. We're raising a generation of followers, a generation of people who are just mixed up, and that's done on purpose. And the last thing I'm going to talk about as initiative is reach out to the young people. They may not listen to you. They may mock you or laugh at you. But it's time to start reaching out with reality. Sometimes I wonder if these young kids even know what reality is. But I think that it's time that we, as a society, quit looking the other way. And if you have a school that's teaching all this critical race theory, or they have drag queen story time, or or anything else that's very detrimental, it's time to say no. It's time to step out of your comfort zone and do something about it. Because I really do feel the listeners to Truth to Ponder are a cut above. Because this show is about truth, and it's about solutions. And it's a nice place 
for people to come to get grounded. And I think that all the people that do really enjoy this show, you do have what it takes to make some changes, whether it be in your own life or your family or your neighborhood or what have you. But don't plan on changing things with a vote. Don't plan on changing things with force. We need to change things one heart at a time. Well, I always enjoy my time here on Truth to Ponder, and I really am thankful that Bob Bierman has given me this opportunity to come to you on a regular basis. And it seems like God is putting lots of things on my heart. And as he puts those things on my heart, I'll share them with you in future programs. But once again, thank you, Bob, for having me today. I do appreciate it. And I want to tell everyone, please use that use one, buy two method. I think it's going to work. And until next time, stay safe, stay strong, but most of all, replace fear with faith. Once again, I want to thank you, Jim, for for helping me out here on this Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder with another great radio program. Jim is right. Being prepared and understanding, as he said in the first part of his program, what we really face. I've mentioned this before, and I'll mention it again. St. Paul reminds us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That's sometimes hard for us to understand because we, we see things only with our eyes in the natural world. But there are many things that are beyond our vision. And the prophecy is there that we're coming toward a time of Jesus' imminent return. That's why we try to keep this program on the air, to have you more prepared than you ever have been before for that time. If you believe in our ministry and what we're trying to do here at Truth to Ponder, would you consider a financial gift to pay for the radio time on Shorewave? If you can, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, and the city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. Once again, 5753, Highway 85 North, that's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, that's our secure box, number 3248, and we are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code in Crestview is 32536. Once again, that zip code is 32536. And I want to thank you in advance for praying for this program and your faithful support to keep it on the air. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.